Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 295 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday. Almost there, folks. Coming off the holiday. I'm on holidays. This is the power of editing, folks. I'm actually in the city of champions, Edmonton, Alberta, as you're listening to this. But I have pre-recorded this. I had it in the can. Or maybe it should have been in, left in the can. Maybe we'll after this mud show um today's episode i i got i got a group of, of cats together and it, basically we do a minor the minor league mayhem tournament that we that was just on that was won by mad mel engelstad uh we review it we did a preview for it we may as well review it as well and uh initially it started off as jay and alec and then jay got taken away busy and he had to go check on the uh on the mechanic bill on his uh on his pinto or as Gremlin, uh, whatever he drives out there, Mercury Tracer in Iowa. But, uh, so he, but, uh, and I happened to be talking to Alec at the time and I was like, well, I guess you and I are going to do this. And, uh, John Searson of the UK happened to be getting a hold of Alec about a jersey. So I said, well, tell Searson to get on here and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have him on too. And it was like midnight in Manchester or, uh, Nottingham when he got on. But, um, he had, and he was uh, feeling no pain, had a few beers, so we were all drinking beers, actually, and uh, ended up recording. And so the three of us uh, reviewed Minor League Mayhem, and it was a lot of fun and uh, some laughs, and I always enjoy having those guys on the show. Don't tell Alec I said that, though. But I, I actually, I no, I, I, and it's it's a lot of fun, and... Um, yeah, and 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 Alec had mentioned it, and I we'd mentioned it before and stuff, and we've gone back and forth. But that's actually the that's what makes me continue to podcast. I know it sounds corny, but it's like, yeah, when you get um, a little guy, I consider my friends. I mean, you know, air quote, yeah, they're okay, whatever you want to call them, social media friends or so. Like we haven't met in person, but I mean, I text them all the time, and obviously, I've had them on the show a million times, and. You know, we talk off air, of course, and um, and yeah, and uh, so whenever, so it's almost like you're sitting out the deck virtually and uh, drinking beers and just bullshitting about fights, and uh, which th- that exact same conversation would happen in person uh, while we we're sitting there drinking too. So uh, it, it was just really, it's just really fun to have uh, you know like-minded people on, and and uh, you know, and you share that passion for the for the enforcing in hockey, so to speak. So. Um, yeah, it was great to have him on. So, um, I'm not going to talk long because we are, I don't, we go for like two hours and a bit, I I think. So, um, as I always say, I'm a member of the podcast, hockey podcast network, over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams have shows. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Terry Ryan is also on the network. He is busy recording, uh, Shorzy season two is going down right now. So looking forward to seeing that when it comes out and, uh, cause I enjoyed season one and, um, 
Of course, Alec has started up his podcast again, the Five for Fighting podcast. I I think we talked about it at the start of the show. I can't remember. Um, a lot of beer, a lot of yapping. But, uh, yes, yeah, so definitely check out Alec's show. And, of course, you got Joel, Joel Lazito out there at the uh, Nordiques Knuckles podcast as well. As the Coliseum Chronicles podcast, which is a New York Islanders based podcast. Joe, Joe's podcast about everything. Let me tell you, if he's not motivation, if he can't motivate you speaking, he'll, why, well, uh, he'll motivate, he'll make you do something. Listen to that. Listen to his podcast. So Joe's a good dude. Check it out. I'm going to actually get a Joe on the show. I laugh. I, it was a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, on the air. I was like, Joe, I need to talk to you about something. And I completely forgot what it was. Never did remember what it was. So, but I'll just get him on the show. Maybe it'll come to me as we're talking. I don't know. I'll get, I have to get him on there. Um, other than that, guys, uh, as I was saying with the show, the, the one thing as the listeners that I ask, I, I ask you to do, I don't ask for much, but I ask for this one little thing, uh, whatever platform you happen to be listening to this on, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, what have you, could you review my show, rate and review it? You don't have, like I said, you don't have to write War and Peace or anything, just hit the star rating. Um, it helps me out in the algorithms. Um, also, uh, download, don't stream. Um, but if you're, if you happen to go to the YouTubes, as my mom calls them, uh, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,500 videos on there. Rate, uh, check them out. All the all the leagues and whoever you're looking for. I'm sure I got a few fights of theirs. Um, yeah, subscribe. Hit subscribe. Hit the hit the like the thumbs up if you if you like the video. And again, it's all things that YouTube really likes with the algorithms. And you know, if you're watching a video and on the right hand side it says, you know, uh, you know, you continue to, go to my stuff will appear over there. And it's the same thing with the podcast. So that's why I'm asking you to do it. It has nothing to do with because I want to see it or anything. It's just uh, the platforms that it that it's on, it helps, like I said, the algorithms and that type of thing. So it's a little things that as listeners uh, you can do that, uh, that helps out the content creators, not just myself, but whatever podcast you happen to be listening to, whatever it happens to be, if you enjoy it, review it, r- rate it, because it helps, it helps the creator out. Same on YouTube. So, you know, the, I, I, you know, all that little hokey like buttons and thumbs up and all that stuff. It, it, believe me, it actually does help, uh, to do all that. So it would be greatly appreciated, but Hey, let's get into this. This is my talk, uh, with the, uh, with my, uh, the two characters out in the UK and the North Carolina. And, uh, I want to thank them for coming on the show again. Uh, John and, uh, Alec were great. Um, it's a shame Jay couldn't stick around, but, uh, he will definitely be back on the show. And, um, yeah, other than that, like I said, I am talking, I, I am busy whenever you're listening. Well, I'll probably, I don't know what I'll be doing on that Wednesday. Maybe I'll be in friggin' the Edmonton Ikea. Save me. Some, send me a text. If you listen to this, <laughs> take, my, take me away from Ikea. Yes. Uh, all the things we have to do, but I'm on vacation. So I'll be enjoying it regardless. It's, anytime you're not at work. Right. So, um, but yes, as I always say, and it's true, I want to thank everybody for taking the time. I know there's hundreds of hockey podcasts out there. Um, the fact that you t- you took time out to listen to my show, um, I'm very it's very humbling, and I very much appreciate it. Thank you. And um, actually, I've, uh, the last couple of days, I've actually received messages from people that have, are just discovering the show. It's probably through the Minor League Mayhem Tournament. And I want to thank you guys for voting. Thank you for the messages. Anybody, I love hearing from you guys. If you're on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Um, if you're smarter, if you're smarter than the rest of us, and you're not on Facebook, congratulations. Um, hockey fights, all one word. Hockey fights at hotmail.com. That's right. I still have a hotmail account. Boy, why not? It's a good. Uh, 
yeah, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you guys. If you have any show ideas, if you want to come on the show, if you have a story to tell or what have you, absolutely, drop me a line. It's a show. It's the it's the show for the fans. Yes, it's the people. It's the Fight Fans Podcast. I'm telling you. So, but no, I'd love to hear from you. Send me your ideas, good, bad, or other, or, or your your thoughts, good, bad, or otherwise, about the show. And uh, I love to hear from you guys. And for those late, like I was saying, that have taken the time here recently to send messages and stuff, I really appreciate it. And thank you for uh, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, please check out the back catalog. A lot of player interviews on there. Been doing this for a couple of years now, and uh, we do this every Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, to the, I always say to the delight of few and to the chagrin of many. So <laughs> welcome, <laughs> but thank you for tuning in. And I hope you guys enjoy this, uh, this, uh, trio's thoughts on the minor league mayhem. Thanks guys. And, uh, I'll be back on Sunday. Uh, hopefully I, there's always shenanigans I'll get into. I'm sure at Edmonton and I'll have a story or two to tell you. So, uh, come on back in uh, on Sunday and, uh, I'll, I'll regale you with my, with my trip to Alberta. All right, folks, in the meantime, let's get into minor league mayhem. You guys have a good rest of the week. Here we go. All right, here we are on the fourth line voice. It's episode 295. I got some special guests. Well, they're special, all right. Uh, we've been yapping here for like two hours. We lost one of them to the body shop and to some, and to some Thai food, but... Uh, <laughs> or whatever he's doing, I don't know. But but here we go. I got a gentleman out in the UK. Uh, you guys have heard him before. I've had him on the show a few times. Old John Searson. And then, of course, I got Alec out North Kakalaki at the Five for Fighting podcast. Boys, how are we doing tonight? I'm good, thanks, Darren. How are you? I'm hey, I'm excellent. Like we're uh, well. I'm doing I'm doing well right now. I'm glad I'm glad we called the audible and brought brought in the heavy heavy hitter from the UK tonight. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I'm bringing this down. <laughs> oh, uh, don't worry. It was it it was uh, it was in the it was in the basement to begin with. Yeah. You know, hey, I, I I should be insulted when I uh, when I, when I first got the call, it was a uh, Jay's not here. I came, I went back into the house to to make my kids dinner, and I came back out, and Jay was on the phone. So I was like, oh, so. Uh, your second choice has uh, been replaced, but now Jay's going again. You got replaced quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just kind of like 3 a.m. when the lights come on at the bar. You just got to pick whatever's left right Yeah. Now. <laughs> well, this gentleman looks sturdy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I've, ne- I've never been described as sturdy before. Well, well hey. There we uh yeah, well, Jay, Jay's getting the the auto bill at the at the mechanics right now. So, yeah, uh, that that would be a level of uh, of language that this show has never seen before. So we'll maybe keep him <laughs> off the air. But uh, I want I had you both all, on. All I'll say, if Jay was here too, between the four of us, could accents not be any more different between the four <laughs> of us? Well, I was going to have. I was gonna say you'd have you'd have Darren up in Saskatchewan. You got me with a mix of like Midwest and Southern accent. You got Jay with the Midwest accent, and you got you with the UK accent. Just a what a melting pot! What a, an all inclusive fourth line voice podcast! <laughs> Absolutely, we enjoy all the meats of the cultural stew around here. <laughs> I, I I told John earlier. I said him and I are the only ones with any friggin' sophistication around here. I said, listen to these two. We had a guy standing and eating. He has to stand up to eat. <laughs> yeah, the other guy's drinking Bojangles 
tea that he got from somebody on the street or something. I don't know what you were talking about. <laughs> well, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We're, we're, we're drinking sheer wine now. This is, in, this is in North Kakalaki kind of drinking we're doing over here, which, by the way, both of them, for anybody wondering, they're just fucking terrible. They're not that good at all. We were going to – I wish we had Jay on, though, because we were going to make him drink one of them warm uh, – Spit and Chicklets big deal brewing beers that were that was regaled from the first time we did the uh, minor league mayhem breakdown. <laughs> yeah, so if anybody had tuned say, in, you can't you can't even buy Bush Light in the UK, so we must have some class. Oh, absolutely. no, it's because you have no class then. Absolutely, <laughs> there's no class there. Well, for those that are listening, for well, they won't be listening for long. But for those still listening, uh, for when I did the minor league mayhem preview show with Jay and Alec. Uh, Jay broke out the, uh, you know, not, what is it? No big deal brewery or whatever. Big, big deal brewing or something like that. Yeah. The beer. That's, yeah. The spit and chiclets beer that has come out. And, uh, I thought he was going to bring it back up while he was on the air. He was not a big fan of it. So, <laughs> but I said, well, now that we're doing the review show, of course, I, out of the six pack, he had five left. I said, well, you got to break those out on the review show. And, uh, so we we're, I was going to make him drink warm beer but uh he had to exit he was otherwise incapacitated so we lost jay for the show and i'm like well we're gonna bring in a proper gentleman here and uh i got searson on the line so what we're gonna do today folks it is the minor league the sixth annual minor league mayhem review show where i'm i I gotta create content i'm gonna beat this horse until there's nothing left so but the champion of the sixth annual minor league mayhem was Mad Mel Engelstad. I'll start with uh, with Searson. What uh, what what was your thought? Did you uh, with the with the Mel Engelstad uh, triumph? What what are your thoughts on that? I've, I've been saying for the past few years this is Mel's year. I'll, I'll, I'll argue I'll argue it with anybody. Mel, Mel's the toughest guy to ever play hockey that never got a regular spot in the NHL. I yeah, the the, the, it's, it's, the it's definitely my, the case can be made. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, Mel, Mel's tough. Mel, Mel had NHL toughness. Yeah. Um, it, it was it, it was a shame we never saw him regularly at that level. Yeah, Alec, what did you figure with the Mel win? No, oh, I mean you can't argue with Mel Angleset. If, if if there's a, I think we brought it up before. We got going here, but if there's like a minor league Mount Rushmore for enforcers, I think you, it'd be it'd be criminal to leave Mel Engelstad out of there. So having Mel win the competition, um, I'm actually surprised. This like, like John said, I'm kind of surprised this is his first time winning though, because uh, I think he could have won it out of any time out of the first five times you've done this. So um, well deserved for Mel Engelstad, and what a final it was with him and uh, Joel Terrio, another legend. But absolutely nothing wrong with Mel Engelstad winning the tournament. No, absolutely. Well, and for those wondering about the tournament, um, I brought it up in the last episode, but I will do it again. The uh, previous champions, uh, Minor League Mayhem 1 was Steve McIntyre. Number 2 was Rocky Thompson, who defeated Mel in the final. Minor League Mayhem 3 was Link Gates uh, winning. Minor League 4 was Marasty winning. And then Minor League 5 was McIntyre winning again, defeating Rocky Thompson in the finals. So, um... Uh, well, McIntyre defeated Engelstad in the semifinals. So Mel was always around, kind of always, what do they say, always a bridesmaid. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he finally won one. So, 
that was that was good. Uh, so Mel will have to be the seventh annual one. Mel will be sitting out. I always sit out the champions for one year. So Steve McIntyre will be back in next year, and Mel will have to be sitting on the sidelines. But uh, what this show did, I want to Gates, you floppier bastard. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, if you listen to my podcast, you know that there's a couple a couple little bastard dogs that like to run rampant in the background if the wife's not here. I didn't. I didn't hear fun. from. We've been yapping on the phone for like an hour and a half. I didn't hear nothing from them. <laughs> it's how he was walking to my one. That's how it'll go every time I go to record a podcast. Is when they start wanting to play fucking hee haw with the fuck around gang in the background. So I just pulled the toy up. So hopefully, hopefully we're good here. I apologize. I apologize to the audience in the background for having to deal with Gates and Ranger. I just want to ask, you was going over like previous tournaments and uh, the final that year with Mel and Rocky. Did they ever fight in the AHL? No. No, I think Mel, I think Mel was gone by the time Rocky was there. Uh, I think Mel was in the UK by that point, I think. Or maybe, or did Rocky, or did he miss Rocky? No, they never uh, fought I mean, though. Mel, Mel was Mel was still in the AHL two or three. When was Rocky? When Rocky came up, well, I know. Was Edmonton? Was it, was Edmonton Roadrunners the fir- first? Well, because no, Rocky's been around forever. Yeah, he has. So, now, now you got me thinking. I know they've never fought, but I'm trying to think. Uh, well, no, they would have. They were just in different divisions. Yeah, because Rocky oh two oh three oh four oh five. Yeah. When, when did Engelstad play? I'll bring these up. Where where are we here? We're I'm over here stat looking too. <laughs> yeah. When did they When did they meet? Because uh, I, I I just said then I was like was was Edmonton the first year for Rocky and I was thinking fuck he was in uh, Calgary in '97 so you know he's been around forever. Well, uh, see that um, was the thing because yeah Engelstad was always in the IHL. Yeah. And then now that I'm looking, yeah, he was in Portland in 0203. Yep, oh one, oh two, oh two, oh three. Yeah, so Mel's actually older because then he was in Belfast and then Motor City and then Newcastle and that was the end. Fucking <laughs> Motor City, I forgot Engelstad played there. Yeah, yeah, they actually they don't have it. He actually played in Australia for one year too. Um, that was his he last won year. Sixty nine, the whole year. Yeah, he was his last year of hockey. He played in in Australia and then he went to the firefighting academy. But uh, yeah, so he's older than Rocky. So yeah, Rocky was just kind of. Uh, so what was Mel? Oh three, oh four was his last. Yeah, that was when Rocky. Oh three, oh four. Yeah, Rocky was in yeah, Toronto. He, he, yeah, he came to the UK in oh four, oh five. Yeah, Belfast. Yeah, and then because well, Rocky was playing in the A in two thousand when Louisville and St John, but Rock, but Mel was in the IHL when that was going on. So they were never in the same league at the same time. That if if they ever did fight, that would have been a treat for the fans. That would have been a treat. Oh, Rocky and Mel would have been awesome. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 yeah I always two, say, two, like, two, I, two I've been on a couple. Two, sh- two I've been guys on... who would fight open and would not back down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've been on a couple. When I was on a podcast where I always kind of get out, <laughs> what's your dream fight that never happened and stuff? And I always say, oh, Engelstad and Morasti is, yeah. is the fight oh, that never, yeah. you know, but. It's saying that Rocky and Mel would have been tremendous. And even in the final that we had in this tournament here, Terrio versus Engelstad would have been awesome. Like, right versus left and just the way we go. And, yeah. Yeah, there was one fight, and I think we'll get to it down the line, but there was one that I said if this would have happened in real life, it would have been awesome, and I wish we could have seen it. Um, And I'm sure we'll get to it down the line, uh, but that's, that's coming up in the future. 
Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, Mel and Terio, I can picture it now. Terio's doing the uh, the Verdon bob bobbing around. Mel's just casually going backwards. He's got the guard up, and then uh, they lock on. Mel would have gone with the less for a bit, and then just probably tied him up. And uh, well, that's how he won the tournament. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that would have been would have would have been an awesome boat, but uh, but yeah, just to kind of go through the, I mean, we won't dwell on every matchup that ever happened, but it was just like, um, yeah, and like in kind of the first round, and uh, I was saying it kind of off the air, and I didn't, I, I and I don't mean this obviously in a, you know, in a derogatory way or anything like that, because I'm a massive Curtis Tidbull fan, but uh, I was very surprised actually that he kind of. He kind of won the two, the first two fights against Archie Henderson, and then the next fight with Bruce Shoebottom. And especially with the voting on Facebook this year, and a lot of uh, older fans voting. Like, and Shoebottom was an American League legend back in the day. Um, I was surprised Tidbull actually beat him. But uh, Alec, were you surprised with the Tidbull run a little bit? Yeah. So, and I, I, if I remember right, I think I actually might have had Tidball beating Henderson. Yeah, you did. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I was say I can't remember off the top of my head, but him beating Shoe Bottom, that's another one. I think it could, if I, if I recall, I voted Shoe Bottom on that, which is no slight to Tidball, but, um, I mean, that just shows the, 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 the love that Tidball has from fans because at the at the end of the day with these tournaments, you know, I think we know. Um, no, sorry, don't mind the dogs in the background. Um, you know. Hey, while we're fight fans and, you know, myself and Jay and John and uh, you, we can all dissect these fights. But at the end of the day, if you have kind of fans, it's obviously who's going to win, but it's no slight to the guys. But uh, she kind of shows the the amount of fans that Tidball has. And I think it's all I think it's awesome because, you know, he's a guy who did it for years up until um, it was a car accident, I believe, or some sort of accident that prevented him. He said he couldn't play again when I had him on the podcast a while back. Um, but I, I think if it was up to Tidball, he'd still be fighting now. <laughs> Well, John, you're a huge LMAH guy. What what are your feelings on Tidball? Uh, he was game. Very yeah, always game. I I, I like Tidball. Uh, there to start the pot off with those with, with those questions. I mean, I've said I've told you before. I'm I'm very ignorant pre late nineties because that's that's kind of my wheelhouse. So Henderson and Shoebottom, I don't really know a lot about, and I would have I would have voted for Tidball just out of ignorance, really. But no, Tidball was as tough as they come. Game for everybody, entertaining, wild. He was wild. Yeah, he was. Actually, the result that actually surprised me with the Shoebottom thing was Shoebottom fought Bezo, and I was really surprised Bezo did not win the voting. If you had told me, I'm not saying in real life they would have won the fight or whatever. But I was just thinking the way the voting goes, and it's a popularity contest a lot of times. I just thought Bezo would have got more votes, just because people would be more fresh on who he was. And I think that's when it really kind of hit me that we're definitely the voting is different on Facebook than it is on Twitter. Yeah, but yeah, but Bezo, he was. Um, I mean, you you brought it up on uh, one of your previous pods uh, about like the um, how good of a fighter was he really. Uh, no disrespect to him or anything. He uh, for everybody, but yeah, Bezos kind of got like cult following. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but uh, but the question, Bezo, the fighter, the winner, Mel, 
When I, when I watched on tapes, Bezo against Mel. Bezo always did good against Mel. Yep. Those two hated each other too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they. Uh, well, 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 if 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 you as a pro hockey player playing the team against Bezo, how could you not hate Bezo? Oh yeah. But I, and like I said, it was just I was really surprising just with the popularity that he was and everything. Because um, yeah, I think when we did the preview show, I had I took Shoebottom to beat Bezo. As I said, I think Shubon's a better fighter, but Bezo was more entertaining and just like nuts. But I, I thought Bezo would win in a landslide. So I was really surprised. And right then I was like, oh, this voting's going to be different. And if, there was a few fights that kind of went different than I thought they were going to. Um, for the most part, not really. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be a, you know, I think it's going to be a popularity contest. And I think... For any X player out there listening to it, I hope they realize that that's what it is. Um, every once in a while, we're not going to throw names out because I know Alec just got it a little bit, but with his East Coast League tournament, and I've ha- and I've gotten it in the past where you, fr- you hear from an X player, and it's like people will find it funny that these guys take this shit serious. A couple of them, like they're, I don't want to say their egos get bruised, but man, you know, for lack of a better term, they kind of do. But it was just like. And it's like, I'm trying to tell the guy, I'm like, dude, it's a popularity contest. It's not anything personal. Like, and I, and I, and you know, and I hope guys rec, and I, and I think majority of the guys recognize that it is, but I think most of them have fun with it anyway. But, um, there's a few that have gotten kind of hot about it over the years and, uh, you know, whatever, but yeah, but in saying all that, like I said, that's a long way of saying that I thought Visa would win just because of the popularity contest, but uh, yeah, so right then I'm like, wow, well, Facebook might be a little different. And then it turned out it really wasn't. Well, that was a little bit different than Twitter was. <laughs> but um, I really, yeah. The thing I liked I about the Facebook what, thing was the, the players engaging in it, I think, was what I liked about it. But I'm sorry, John, to cut you off. What was that? I was going to say with Bezo, I, I, I saw Bezo play live in person once. And uh, that would have been 99-2000. It was against Nottingham. Nottingham didn't really have a tough guy that year, where London was stacked. So behind Bezo, they had Mike Ware, Barry Nykaard, Darren Banks. And I tell you what, Andy Bezo was an absolute dick. He ran around, he caused a bunch of shit. Uh, he was a bully. He was fucking fantastic. Absolutely. No, I loved, I remember watching some IHL games, not just fight tapes, but actual games. And when Bezo was playing with the Vipers, it was like, oh yeah, he was insane. Just running guys and just not giving a shit. And it was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was that night. It's, it's not just as fight fans were sitting on the tape, like the highlights of the scrums and stuff. It wasn't just the scrums. It was just what, what he did that game. And, uh, yeah, he, he changed the tone of that game. Just, just the way he was and, Picking on guys and just uh, being like that, yeah. He was he was a force in that game. The yep. the, the Panthers bench they, they didn't ha- they didn't just have to find a tactic how to win. They had to find a tactic how they was going to counter Andy Bezo. He he made that difference. Yep. Yeah, I mean the guy had a heck of a career, and uh, yeah, it's oh, I'm a I I like Bezo. Yeah, he's uh, an interesting cat for sure. 
Um, in the in the time when I've like kind of started following the ECHL, you know, I'm a part of a bunch of different like fan groups or whatever, just to see if anybody has like foot, you know, footage or fight photos or whatever. Um, Bezo is still talked about by a bunch of Fort Wade fans to this day. Still, just oh, shows yeah. like the impact he had back in the day. Yep, yep. Well, another one of the the results that actually kind of surprised me was uh, Fritz, Mitch Fritz beating LeBlond. That actually surprised me. I was. Uh, you know, uh, I I know when we were doing the pre. I think actually all three of us took LeBlanc. I think when we did the preview show, I know I did. Really, yeah, I know I took LeBlanc because, like I said, with Fritz, he's mammoth of a guy, but I just didn't think he had that kill, kind of like killer instinct, like someone like Bugard or somebody had of that stature. So I took LeBlanc there because LeBlanc's LeBlanc's gamer. Um, I mean, we saw that. Uh, was it last year? He fought Jimmy Mazza even in the ECHL, even though he was only there for like a, a brief stint with the. Uh, with Trois Riviers, yeah. Um, I mean, fuck, he still fought. So just he he knows what he's there for. We'll put it that way. Yeah. John, what are your thoughts on LeBlanc? Oh, LeBlanc! It uh, yeah. So LeBlanc kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, but the guy the guy was built like a fucking fridge. He's he's huge uh, and looked looked real good. So my first experience with LeBlanc really was when he when he got called up to New Jersey, but no, he looked good there. And uh, going back to Fritz, it's um, I like Fritz. I like his look. I like the style. But you watch Fritz's fight; he's he's not really he's not putting anybody away. He's he's having he's having good entertaining fights, but like drawn out. And I, I yeah, I I would I would have took LeBlanc over that. Yeah. The other, the other fight that kind of surprised me was Willis beating Legault. Um, not that I was surprised how the voting went. I shouldn't say that because I think Willis was obviously a more popular player. But I think um, I had a few. I had a few. I'm not gonna, again. I won't say who. I had three actually three ex players talk about that, and they're like, "Ah, that's bullshit." They're like, "Legault would have killed killed Willis," and uh, <laughs> you know. I'm like, ah, I wasn't going to argue with him, but I was like, I don't know about killing him, but I would have picked Legault over Willis in a fight. But, uh, uh, yeah, what did you think of that, Alec? Yeah, and Willis is a gamer, and he's got that great fight with Ashley Langdon. I think that was out in the West, was it the West Coast League when they did that? Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, great fight with Langdon, but <clears throat> Willis, as you could if anybody out there has ever seen the UHL mic'd up video, of course, legendary with Jason Ralph and Tyler Willis, but you can tell Willis is a guy that more so kind of is there to agitate and as opposed to actually like fighting, um, nothing against his fighting ability, but he was, you know, he's kind of a pest and that was what he made his, his bones on. So, um, you know, for him to take on, um, excuse me, sorry about that. Um, for him to take on, uh, Lego. Lego, yeah, she's. Well, I don't know why I was drawing a blank there. Um, holy fuck! Sorry, can you pause it real quick? So, right. she, uh, we're a little stop, start, stop, start. Alec, what were you saying about Lego? <laughs> yes, my apologies. As I was saying, Will, so Willis is a guy who's more so an agitator and uh, you know definitely a willing combatant. But I got to give Lego over over Willis any day of the week. And I want to say, I think all three of us actually picked Lego over Willis um, yeah. when our on our initial breakdown. But, I mean, like I said, Willis, definitely a tough guy. K-Zoo legend. I think they just retired his number either last year or the year before. 
or actually, excuse me, it might have been this year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, I mean, it just goes to show what he meant to Kalamazoo out there. But I think Legault is definitely the better fighter over Willis, for sure. Well, I think Legault was like the heavyweight fighter of the yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. Like, Willis would fight everybody, but it was like, yeah, Legault had the size and, you know, yeah. But the other fight that was really interesting was the final fight of that round, um, or that bracket, was... Uh, huh. Now, this fight would have been, to see in person, Cote versus Jerry Fleming, this would have been one of the best fights ever. <laughs> uh, and Cote won in the voting, which is, I, okay, okay. I, I didn't have a problem with that. If someone, if, if Fleming had advanced, I wouldn't have had a problem with that either. Um, but once again, I know, uh, John, what's the call here with uh, Cote and Fleming? Again, again, I'm going to have to call him call back to my ignorance uh i don't really know a lot about fleming what i've seen of fleming he's a bad bad dude yeah bad dude hey isn't isn't he he coaching over there now in the uk i I have no idea Fleming Um, just got a coaching job over in europe somewhere didn't he not uh, well i don't know um what kind of freaking guests do I have on this here. show? I, 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 I didn't really <laughs> shoot that one day hockey. I, got, I like the fights. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to Google it when uh, when you go back to Wally. Can I get a chance? I'm going to Google it. So, uh, But no, um, but Cote, I, I've got a soft spot for Cote anyway. I, I love Patrick Cote. Love Patrick Cote. One of the baddest guys to ever play hockey. I mean, you talk, you talk to players that played with him. And a lot of them will say the, say the same. He's the meanest guy they've ever played with. Um, I don't know how you could vote against him. And talk about like his uh, NHL days before he, uh, before he ended up in Quebec. But in Quebec, was, was, he, was he any worse than what he was towards the end of his uh, career in the NHL? So looking at primes, he was a fucking bad dude. Early years in Laval. Bad yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, he uh yeah, he, he was unbelievable. Um He was, he was on the chi- chicken and protein diet and grease. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. All creatine, brother. Yeah, he uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was uh but yeah, like you said, yeah, I've had guys on the show that have yeah, commented that like Cote was like the fucking meanest dude ever. Alec, what were you figuring on that one? Sorry, as I'm dealing with two dogs in here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, with Kote, Kote is one of the guys who, to me, he can almost take this tournament. I, I judge Kote off of his time in Laval or St. Jean, whichever you prefer, um, you know, with this time in the Quebec League. But Fleming, I mean, shouldn't be slept on at all either. If you ever you ever look at his fights, uh, he's had a great one with Link Gates. Uh, I mean, straight up toe to toe. And it was, I think it was when they were both in the AHL. I think it was when Link was with was the Cape Breton Oilers yeah. at the time, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if you're standing toe to toe with Link Gates. Uh, you're doing something right, but then at the same time, uh, Cote did the same thing with him when he got to the Quebec League. But Fleming actually stood, you know, toe to toe with him. Uh, and I think kind of closer towards Link's prime. But at the end of the day, Cote still taking on all these animals in the Quebec League. I don't think it can be touched compared to uh, the the guys Fleming fought. Um, and I mean, maybe that's just Quebec League bias because at the end of the day, I'm an LNH fan. But at the same time, it's really hard to argue with LNH era Pat Cote. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I said, the voting on that definitely could have went either way. And uh, yeah, like I wouldn't yeah. have been mad if Fleming moved on. I wouldn't have been upset. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, in the next kind of the next six, the next eight fights in the next round, there uh, kind of went. Just, accord- before we, just before we move on, yeah. Before we move on, just back to Cote for a second. What what always makes you smile if you uh, if you watch Cote's fight DVD, it's got his uh, junior footage on, and there's an interview with him. And he's like a skinny kid with glasses. Yeah. And he, well, yeah, he looks like he's, he should be playing Dungeons and Dragons. He's a fucking bad dude. Yeah, legit killer. Kote was a legit killer. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, and even, like, and I think a lot of people, like, I mean, when you talk about Kote with people, they talk about, obviously, the LNA stuff and, you know, and all that. I think a lot of people sleep on his NHL stuff. Kote yeah. was awesome in Nashville for the two years he was there. Kote yeah, I was, was going to say his, Nash, was his awesome. Nashville time. His Nashville his time was Nashville, great. Didn't he have the most fights in the league? Yeah, in yeah, he had like thirty-two or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, how many? How many times he fought Probert? Like three or four times, didn't he? Four. Something like that. We yeah. said you said four. four. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're hanging in there with Bob Probert four times. Um, I think he got the the L to Tony Twist, but I mean, when it with with a prime Tony Twist out there in St. Louis, I don't think anybody is really taking a W against him, <laughs> aside the one off like Heward fight or something like that. Um, but yeah, Cote Nashville, I, fuck uh, the I think the only L he ever really took out in Nashville was maybe against Rob Ray, yeah. and that was it. Other than that, I mean, he was he was rolling out there. Yeah, he was. He was really good in that. He had a really good NHL career for as brief as it was, and it, and it wasn't. And again, it was the drug thing at the border. That's what ended his career. It wasn't for lack of... Yeah. Yeah. Like, he sabotaged his own career. It had nothing to do with, like, oh, he sucks. We, he can't cut it anymore. It's like, no, it was he couldn't cross the border. He got charged. So it was like, that was the end of him. But it was just like, oh, he was awesome in Nashville. Yeah. It's a shame. So yeah, it it would have been. He started in Dallas, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he went to Nashville, and then he was with Edmonton for a little bit, and then that was yes. it. And it was just like, yeah, he. Uh, it's a shame because it was like if he had had his head on straight and like pff, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. Everybody for in his NHL career, he looked good. He did very good. Um, going to, well, like I said, we won't dissect every round, but I will say the one fight. Uh, that surprised, and again, uh, as and folks for listening or any players that are listening, I, I'm I'm not saying this. I don't. Any of us are saying this in a derogatory manner to anybody in this tournament. But I was surprised when Zach Fitzgerald beat Martin Steve Martinson, and um, I was just I don't know why I was just sort of surprised at the voting that way. But um, uh, well, now that I've got a UK guy on. John, what's your uh, what are your feelings on Fitzgerald? I fucking love Fitzy. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I knew what the answer was, but I wanted you to say it on the air. Yeah, no, no I love Fitzy. Uh, I tell you, what, Fitzy came over. He was in Brayhead uh, when he first came over. Uh, Fitzy was just so old school. Uh, I always loved that. He wasn't one of these code guys. He didn't give a shit if he was a tough guy. Score a young Brit. If he felt like he'd like you'd wronged him, he'd punch you in the mouth. That was that's literally the only way I could <laughs> describe Fitzy. I I loved him. I loved him. 
And uh, yeah, I voted for Fitzy in that. Uh, Martinson, again, back to my ignorance. I don't know that much about Martinson. I, I remember Martinson as a coach in the IHL. Um, but I know he has that reputation. So I, I, I respect that can't be argued with. But no, Fitzy. It was Zach's the boy. Zach's yeah. the boy. Oh, Zach's tremendous. It was um, just with that in those matchups. I was just kind of just briefly looking. You know what another great fight was, and and Gilly's got the win over him. But Morissette, a prime Morissette versus a prime Trevor Gillies would have been an awesome fight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'd take I was. Actually, I was. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I took Gillies in that one as well in the preview yeah. show. Um, I would, it's funny too, cause I was just looking at, there's a, there's a channel out there and he posts like even a few years back, ECHL footage, it's like uh, circa like 2016, 2015 and Foggy was posting some Trevor Gillies fights. And even then I'm like, God damn, he still looks good. So for me, I, I, I mean, I have Gillies taking that over Morissette every day of the week, but that's just me personally. Maybe it's just my, my recency bias with Trevor Gillies, but uh, to me, I voted for Gillies, and like I said in the preview show, I want to say I took Gillies in that as well. Oh yeah, like yeah. we all did. I mean, I've, uh, Gillies is the most like intense individual. Like he took the role so seriously, and uh, yeah. He's the, the one guy to never to make handlebars seem like un, like you can't make fun of him at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a huge dude, and uh, yeah, like you said, even in the East Coast League at the end, when he's forty years old. He's still primed and jacked and just kicking the shit out of everybody at 40. I remember, like, having people talking. And they're like, I'm like, he could go to the NHL right now. He could fight any of these mm-hmm. guys in the NHL. He could have fought Reeves or Wilson or any of those guys in the NHL at 40 years old. Easily. Gillies would beat Reeves. Yes, he would. I think so, too. Yep, 100%. That's yeah. a statement. That brings some heat to the pod. No, but I, I completely agree. When Reeves was in his final year in the East Coast League, he could have been the toughest guy in the NHL. I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. And it wasn't, and it, and it was like, because he was in prime, prime time shape, like, looked like he was still 23. He was intense. I mean, he knew the role. He knew how to do it. He knew how to perform it. It was just, he got old. And he was, and the role was going away. But he was still, like I said, he was in better shape than the, young guys in their team. But in terms yeah. of toughness, oh. yeah. I mean, you, you, you first, when you first mentioned this matchup and uh, I jumped in and said I took Gillies, um, I'll give an explanation to that. It's like, I love Moose. I love Moose. Moose, Moose is entertaining as. Yep. He always kind of, he would always go wide open and I just, I think Gillies would have kind of ex, uh, exploited him going wide open against him. And I think he'd have beat him to the punch on there. Um, if that makes any sense, do you know? What yeah, I mean? absolutely. Well, he's, he's quick and he's yeah. left-handed, and yeah, yes. I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, but yeah, but no, no disrespect towards Morissette. I thought Morissette was fantastic, and love watching any footage of Morissette. But yeah. no, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Gillies there. Yeah. No, the only other fight that I kind of chuckled with was the Huxley versus Parker fight. Um, and Parker won. Um, actually, the voting was he kind of went away with it, which was surprising because I actually took Huxley in the in the thing because Huxley and Parker have fought three times. Huxley beat them all three times um, in the American League, but it was uh, 
Is that footage out there? Have I just never fucking watched this? No, the no, the footage is I, I, the footage is coming. It's coming. Um, All right. All yeah. right. I was going to say. I was going to say. Fuck. If I missed this, I thought I thought I did my homework. <laughs> but um, very evenly matched. Um, you know, and uh, I was just I was kind of. Uh, I, I think that was sort of a, a popular, like a name, like Parker's kind of a name guy. He was in Ice Wars. Re- of course, he was in the Quebec League recent. Well, he's still playing in the Quebec League, uh, you know, and he's still his name is still out there. Whereas Huxley was sort of that East Coast League out in Las Vegas. I think people f- kind of. I think a lot of people sleep on Huxley, and uh, right. and if you go and watch Huxley's stuff, he was awesome. He was a technician guy. He was never a big knockout guy. He was he wasn't big or anything like that. But he was basically like a, a, a latter day version of like Dodie Wood, right? Actually, that's exactly what he was like because he did the same duck underneath thing as Dodie Wood did too. So I always say he was kind of a modern day version of Dodie Wood. And, uh, and I think Huxley, I think a lot of, I mean, you could vote either way and whatever. It's not like I was like, I can't believe Parker won, but, you know, or anything. But I think, uh, I think Huxley gets slept on by a lot of people and, um, Huxley was good. Yeah, he was. Good, but he was about the same size as Parker, though, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Oh, and they're completely uh, evenly matched. Yeah, same size and everything. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, I always think that 0506 Parker... 0506 Parker was very, very good. Yeah, he was. And, uh, and I, I, I did... Uh, it's one of the... I think if, uh, if, if, if the 0506 Parker could pull Huxley in and get that spin going... He's going to win that fight. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking with Mayrad about Parker, and I remember Mayrad saying he was it was he was very frustrating to fight because yeah he would do that because Parker was a good skater, he was good at balance, and he was good on the skates, and he would move you. And when he got you spinning, it was fun because like you said, and it, 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 it wasn't scared of getting hit by Parker because yeah. he didn't he wasn't a real knockout guy. He goes that didn't scare me, but it was just the spinning once he'd get you moving. It was like he was just, and he had this awkward style. And he was just really awkward, and uh, but yeah, but uh, I think I think it's safe to say Parker was the most hated man in the LNAH in 0506. Oh, <laughs> easily, it wasn't even close. Well, I know I know Morassi wanted to kill him when he was fucking juggling pucks out there in warmups. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, jumping across the board, what do we got? Mayot beating McNeil, uh, Val James and Bruce Ramsey, uh, Toporowski and Terrio. That was that would have been an interesting matchup. Um, the one matchup that that kind of came up that was uh, was the Sugden Wingfield fight, um, and Sugden got the win in the voting. Uh, Alec, how are you seeing that one? Are you agreeing with that pick? Yeah, I'm like uh, I'm like 99 sure I picked Sugden. Yeah, I, mean, I think we all. When did. I think of a prime Sugden man, it's his run he had out in Syracuse where it was like six guys in a row. He's just dropping them. Yeah, uh, and I mean he was pretty. He's really three good. Or four. Three or four. Is that yeah? That's what it was. And then I mean even then after that, so that was 0304, And then you look at him in the Quebec League. Well, he was there a little bit early when he fought. He fought Gates twice in the same. I think it was the same game they fought. Um, it was when Gates was out there with Granby and then he fought Morasti out there in the Quebec league, but going back, I mean, and this is like guys he's dropping out in the American league. I mean, we're talking like Dennis Bonvi, he's buckling. This isn't, you know, Joe Schmo that he's fighting out there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm taking a prime Sugden every day of the week. And if honestly, if he won this tournament, I wouldn't even be surprised. Either. He's just one of those guys, but yeah, prime Sugden is hard. It's hard yeah. to beat him. 
Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting matchup, and then uh, well, and another one. It was um, well, just to kind of yeah. Well, and then I'm looking. Uh, Sen beat Tippin. Uh, Brett Gallant beat Lakovic. Melnichuk beat Little John. That's a tough draw for Little John. Um, yeah, but I think just the size wise and stuff. I think yeah. Um, but in the next grouping in there, the one fight that had a lot of comments to it. Um, and, and, and brought the ire of a few folks was the Travis Howell Amesbury matchup. <laughs> uh, you're Mr. East Coast League there, Alec. What, uh, what was the, what was the goings Fox, on? I follow the East Coast League for a year and a half and I'm Mr. East Coast League now. Damn it. Put yep. me on the spot here. I gotta be honest. I love Amesbury. I love what he brings to the table. Ice Wars champion. You know, he's got the two TKO or knockout victories in the rough and rowdy competition. You look at a guy like Travis Howe, though, and the, I, I think he just has the higher pedigree in terms of fighters uh, he's taken on. And that's no slight to Amesbury at all. What he's doing out in Danbury. I mean, he's got, I have to look at it on the top of my head, but he's got an. an astronomical amount of pims <laughs> compared to like anybody else in hockey for the amount of games played out in Danbury. Oh, he is um, he is running shit out in that league for sure. I mean, he hasn't lost a fight in the federal league. There's no. The, so 26 games, 258 pims. That is unheard of in the year of 2022 to 2023. Uh, but the guy, Travis Howe, I, I just think he's fought a higher caliber of guys. Um, and that's no slight to Amesbury, but you look at the Federal Hockey League. Um, you know, he fought Corey Allen, he fought Justin Schmidt, and he did very well. I, I would give him the W in both of those. But you look at a guy like Travis Howe, and he's fought, you know, like the. I, I'm trying to go off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember his fight card. I should have done my research for this. But I believe when he was out in Utah, he fought guys like Klotz, Collins. He's fought new. I mean, him and Newbrewer, I, I want to say they're one fight away from going round 10. They're either on round 9 or round 10 right now. I'd have to double check. Um, I, I just think he's fought a higher caliber of guys, and even he's in the AHL right now. He's fought Ian McKinnon, another very tough guy. Uh, Boko Imama, super tough dude. Um, I, I just I got to think that Travis Howe just has the edge in terms of competition just for right now, and that's no slight to Amesbury or the Federal League, but I just think the tougher guys happen to be up in the coast or the AHL. John? Yeah. Um, see, I, I like Amesbury. Um, but yeah, I've got to give it to Howe. That's it? That's what you're going with? <laughs> that was no, riveting, John. No, 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 <laughs> I, I was trying to think. I was trying to think what extra I can put in here. But Alec, Alec basically just described everything to a T. Uh, it's just like, uh, yeah, the toughness of competition. Um, I think uh, if Amesbury, Amesbury had four more years of competition behind him, he'd probably take it. Well, that was, uh, like a how uh, how versus Amesbury fight is one I would really I would really want to see that in real life. Oh yeah, because I I, and I'm, I think How has the size on him. I think How has got him by two inches in height and probably at least another fifteen to twenty pounds in weight. I believe I could be wrong, but I'm just trying to think of numbers off the top of my head. No, I think you're right, and 
Yeah, and that, and that's the thing with uh, like uh, Amesbury. I mean, he's made noise recently, obviously, with the Ice Wars and everything else. And um, but before that, I mean, he was in the Central League and everything else. But I I would never consider him a real big heavyweight back then. Right. Exactly. You know, and uh, but I mean, obviously. This is the spot I was putting the second ago. It's like, um, I don't mean any disrespect about this or anything, but I, I knew who Ainsley was. But he wasn't one of those guys who was on the tip of my tongue because um, he'd, he'd been gone for a while. Yeah. If, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And now, and now he's back. Yeah, he came back with Ice Wars and... Boy, or defeated at Ice Wars, so uh, so yeah, he's he's legit. But uh, but yeah, I can't. I struggle to picture that against guys that's come through juniors and been busy that whole time. Yeah, like I think with Amesbury, and I, and I think he'd probably be the first to 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 say that. I mean, he is now actually take kind of taking. It took him being away from the game for a bunch of years to all of a sudden kind of take it seriously. Because, I mean, he'll be yeah. the first to be at off-ice, whatever, and fuck around, and you're young and whatever. But now that he's focused in on the fighting and, and staying in shape and all that, I mean, you're seeing the souped-up version of him, right, compared to when he played yeah. in the Central League and stuff. And, I mean, he fought all right. those guys in the Central League. But this is, like, the best version of him that you're seeing. And it's like, yeah, if he could have done that from the get-go... um, you know, I think there there would have been a lot more buzz about him, but uh, you know, he's he's kind of you know he's reinvented himself, and uh, not that he wasn't game and fought before because he did, but uh, yeah, he's definitely amped up his game, and uh, him and Howe would have been an inter- interesting bout for sure. Um, well, just to stay on that topic, of course, going on to the next round, he ended up fighting Louis Bedard in the second round. Amesbury fought Bedard in the second round. Um, actually, but that would, have been a tilt. that would have been a good one. Yeah, same size, and that'd be a pretty good tilt. Well, well, John, I mean, you're well. I mean, I I keep referring to John as the L and H guy. You're both Quebec League guys, but John, what are your feelings on Bedard? Yeah, well, you got yeah. As I say, John, you got to see him play out in the UK, didn't you? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I thought Bedard was awesome. I thought yeah. Bedard was awesome. Um. He's small, but he's big. And a lot of people will call that out of shape, but no, he was he was strong. He was he was like a little pit bull when he was here. He was like a little pit bull. And um, I could never believe how busy he was after he'd left the UK and went back to Quebec. Because um, what he, he played like... Four or five years after he came from over here back into the uh, LNEH, and he fought everybody. Yeah, everybody. He did, and he never looked bad. I think you'd struggle to find a Louis Bedard fight where Louis Bedard gets beat up. Well, and and the thing was, is his style too. Like he was a wide open fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was. Like anybody listening to this show right now, I'll tell you now. You go on YouTube, type in Louis Bedard. You will not be disappointed. Go down the Bedard rabbit hole. He was awesome, awesome. And that, and that's the thing. We, 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 when I just said he was small but big, 
it's like uh, if any of those fights start in tight, look how strong this dude is to break it out and go toe to toe. Yeah. Wow. Well, and the thing about the thing about like L and H Bedard is, um, I think he, he was kind of out of shape, and then at, at that point, but I mean, he was still cruising through the league. Uh, you think of like a prime Bedard, like when he was. What was it, John? Was it out in Newcastle? Was that where he was? Yeah, he was in Newcastle like, 2000, 2001. Yep. Yeah. I'm th- when I think of like a, a prime Bedard from like Newcastle or like when he was with Louisiana or something, I mean, f- fuck, he was a bad dude. And like you said, wide open and he's going, he's swinging for the fences every time. I yeah, love yeah, look, these. Look, look at his fights in Newcastle. I mean, he fought Vial, he fought Dougie Dool, and he there went to his team with these guys and looked good. Yep. No, Bedard was awesome. I love Louis Bedard. He was great. And, um, yeah. The uh, well, it's funny because going on after that, Bedard won the matchup with Aysbury and he ended up with Morassi in the third round. And I mean, I off the top of my head, I can't remember, but Morassi and Bedard had to have fought in the Quebec. They oh, they like did. That was a fucker. Yeah, it was this footage. Okay, so I got to tell a, a funny story real quick. And John, I'm going to put you in the fucking hot seat here. So yeah. it was when I did the LNH special, I did, uh, you know, I was talking with Brad Lambert and we talked about a fight. He was like, yeah, I can't remember who Morassi was facing, but at the time there was a big Teddy, it was, it was Teddy Bear Toss Night. And of course, folks listening, Teddy Bear Toss Night is when a team scores a goal. Um, it's typically a minor pro team and they'll throw teddy bears on the ice as a charity. Well, we're talking the fucking prime of the Quebec league here, you know, circa 0405. Goals, never heard of it. We're focused on Tillies. And John Morasti and Louis Bedard are going full send center ice, basically, going toe-to-toe, just giving it hell. And in the LNH, instead of sco- instead of tossing all the teddy bears on the ice, um, when a goal is scored, this is a fight going on. And then after the fight, everybody starts chucking the fucking teddy bears on after the first fight instead of a goal. Well, I had talked about it with John, and John was like, yeah, Man, I'd really love to have that footage. That would be awesome. You know, I, I I hope I can get that fight out there. And I forget what it was. This was like maybe like a year later. I was looking around one day. I'm like, oh, I remember that tilt that Lambert was talking about. Me and Searson were like, fuck, it'd be great if we could get that footage. Looking online, Morasti versus Bedard. Sure as shit, here's a Morasti versus Bedard fight. Oh, well, fucking A, it's the teddy bear toss fight. This is awesome. Look at the channel. It's under Classic Quebec League Violence. Searson, you want to tell us who the fucking host of Classic Quebec League Violence is? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I told, you, I told you I didn't have that fight for like 12 months. And yeah, yeah he's this. had it up on his YouTube the entire fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I completely, I completely forgot about as I'm saying that. Did they ever fight? Yeah, the teddy bear fight, of course. I know they fought. had to have fought a few times. I know why. Well, I know they fought a few times. I'm staring at the picture of them fighting. <laughs> but, I mean, similar size and um, both wide open and... Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, speaking of classic, did, did they fight more? Did they fight more than that one time? Well, now you're gonna. Well, as you're talking, or I'm gonna make you talk here. Tell us about um, John. You haven't updated it for a while, but your classic Quebec League violence YouTube channel. Yeah, I've not put anything on there for a while, uh, and I'm not gonna lie. I lost a bit of heart with that because I I. They, I I uploaded a load of stuff, and I got a copyright strike from some company. Um, who there, there's a uh, there's a Sun Hyacinth official DVD out there, and I did. I took a few fights off there and put them on. And uh, they got in touch with me and said, uh, "This is our footage. Take it down." 
luckily there was, they'd not loaded the video in four years. And so I sent them a message saying, can I keep, can I keep this on my channel? I'm not, I'm, I'm not like making money off anything and nothing monetized. Just let me keep this on. Can I keep this on my channel? There's the fight fans. Everyone's happy. And uh, yeah, they wouldn't budge on that. And it was just, it was just a bit disheartening. Sounds petty as, but no, it was, uh... <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, I just yeah, it just it was so, it was so petty. It was just so petty at the time. It's like Jesus, it, and, and and the worst thing is they they didn't even have that footage up. They may own that footage, but they'd not put that into the public domain. So I don't know. But yeah, it was just a, yeah, it was a bit disheartening. I just want to know who from the company just randomly tried to search some fucking like O three Saint Hyacinth fights out of nowhere. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. There's a, the, the, there's a few French guys who who don't like the don't like my channel, and they they, they try to do a lot of things to uh, to report things. So it's amazing how some of them like to think they own everything. It's interesting how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just looked it up. Morassi and Bedard fought twice. Actually, I would have thought it was more than that, but it was twice. I'd have thought for sure they win at least four times. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. From T to Green, the best place to go to get in on all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odd boost to add plus 1000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So, for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. That's right, guys, after that Masters, now we upcoming here is the RBC Heritage from Hilton Head. Jordan Spieth, defending champion. See if you can do it again. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN and boost your odds during this weekend's tournament. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, well, another interesting fight from that first round in that group. That was a tough group, man. They had Bonvi and Tasker, Morasti and Gates and Rocky and McLaren and Yablonski were all in the same um, bracket, um, the bottom lower right corner. Um, and for everyone listening, once again, I have to yell from the mountaintop, it's computer generated. It's a number, random number generated. I had one guy, why don't you seed these? Oh, so then you can complain about the seeding. Like, no. I'm like, yeah, like, I, I got other things to do in my life. Not much, but I have other things to do. But, so it's random generated. So, but it just turned out that way. But I was going to say, the one fight that would have been awesome, Link Gates versus Steve Bosse in the first round. And, uh, Alec, I know you're a fan of, well, I know you both are fans of these guys, but what was, uh, I can't remember who you picked. I think we all picked. I think we all picked Link, didn't we? I think we did, and it's just. I think we went off of the sole fact that Bosse, while while he's a fantastic fighter in the LNH, I mean, let's call it square square here. Bosse was pretty much just a trained fighter on skates. You know, um, he wasn't there to put the puck in the net. He wasn't gonna. You know, he, he wasn't gonna even go to the corner. or anything. he was just pretty much there to fight. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is the Quebec League we're talking here. Um, but a prime Link Gates over a prime Bosse. No, I will say this. If there was anybody that could fucking 
flatten Link Gates somehow, it would be Steve Bossy. But the problem is they got to stand in the pocket and go toe to toe for that because I think Link's is smart. Link would be smart enough to uh, kind of get the spin going a little bit and just get Bossy off balance because, of course, that was kind of his Achilles heel. So uh, I think if he just gets Bossy off balance a bit and just starts kind of moving around instead of throwing in the pocket, I'll take Gates all day um, in a fight versus Bossy. John? I think how that fight would go. There's a square off. They come together. Link eats two huge right hands and just grunts. And then he pulls him back and gets him moving. Then Link switches to the left, throws a few lefts, and uh, and pulls him down to take the win. That's how I think it goes. I agree with you. That's exactly how I think it would go. I think Gates would come in and set up and take a few to get set up, and then he would eventually, you know, drag it out. But um, I think I think Link I think Link skates off bleeding underneath the eye after from the first two punches. But no, I think I think he I think he eats those first two rights, then switches hands and pulls him pulls him off as he throws a few lefts. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then uh, well. The people voting thought the same thing because Link got the win. But, um, well, it's interesting, of course, then the next round, actually, we'll stick in this bracket and we'll work our way backwards the other way. But after Link wins, of course, his next fight is against Rocky. And, uh, I mean, Rocky Thompson and Link Gates, yeah, that would have been <laughs> something, too. Um, who would you vote for, Alec? I I want to say I voted for Link Gates here, uh, and it's nothing to get Rocky, nothing against Rocky Thompson. Uh, very tough, willing dude, and it would just be a wide open fight. But I think Gates has the size advantage, and we've seen a prime Gates, and like he said, he just does not go down. It's very hard to get a TKO against him. It's been done very seldom. I think Mel had one on him when he was in um, Madison, and of course Twist had one on him when they were in the IHL. But again, like, like, listen to the caliber we're talking here. That's you know, yeah. Twist and Angelstad. And we just talk about, you know, Rocky maybe being a little bit undersized here and there compared to Gates. And I just think no matter how hard Rocky's hitting Gates, Gates ain't fucking going down. And he just he just starts kind of taking over. And Rocky might have the early rounds, but Gates is taking over the fight and uh, giving it to Rocky here. John? I think this fight goes more technical than what people would think. Uh, I think they come together and, again... Rocky throws a bunch of shots, which Link just kind of walks through, and then Link starts trying to tie him up. Well, not tie him up, pulling him close, but just like switching hands around and just being busy while throwing back. And I think this goes about a minute and 20 seconds, and it just ends with Rocky being tired and Link just landing shots as Rocky goes down. Yeah, like it was, yeah. This yeah, yeah. Be- and I say Rocky goes down, not being dropped, I just think, for exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah, like I think both these guys, I don't think either of them are dropping each other. I don't think they're doing, no. they'll do damage to each other, but they're both going to stand there and take it. And uh, I think I could see Rocky winning kind of on points just because he'd be quicker. Like that's yeah, the thing. I, th- I, think, I think Rocky is very busy for the first 20 seconds of this fight. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was say with Link. In any of his fights, when you watch him, even his NHL, even in his prime, Link's a slow starter. Like he'll fucking, yep. he sets shit up. He'll grab you by the back of your jersey and he takes, while he's doing that, he's eating punches and he just doesn't care. But, and he just, he takes time to set up. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's basically, I always say with Link, I always laugh. I think the one fight that he actually never set up for was the Probert one. That was just square off. That was just yeah, right off the fucking rip. They're just going. Yeah, yeah. And he just takes it and just keeps swinging. And like he, because most of the time you watch, he's always setting it up and he'll grab the guy by the back of his nameplate almost. And he almost like he's holding them up. It's kind of funny to watch. Go watch some Link fights. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about, like three fights in. But he's like, he's a slow starter. So it's like, yeah, if we're doing like CompuStat punch numbers, Rocky's going to get a whole bunch of points real quick because Rocky was fast. But it was like, when you draw it out and it goes for a while, like if it goes for a minute, minute 10, yeah, Link's going to start making the big comeback. And uh, See, when I said Link ties him up, I, I like I said I think I think Rocky's busy for the first twenty seconds, but then I think Link yeah Link Link grabs that arm and just pulls it around and gets this under control and starts firing back a little bit himself. Yep, yep. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Now again, with anybody, if somebody said, "No, I think Rocky'd win," all right, I wouldn't argue with you if you said Rocky would win. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's just uh, a tremendous fight. Um, well, the other tremendous fight that would have happened in that round two was Steve McLaren and Yablonski. Oh, Oof. Alec, what are you going? Who'd you vote for? Do you remember? I voted for McLaren. Um, he's one of if if you ask anybody who one of the most underrated fighters of all time is, it's definitely Steve McLaren. And I know people often say you know Paul Laws or John Erskine, but I think if you're a true fight fan. Uh, you know really how tough kind of John Erskine or Paul Laws was. But I think Steve McLaren, since he was in the minor leagues more, uh, it's just – yeah, I still think he flies under people's radars. And I think it was actually Yablonski who said Steve McLaren was like one of the toughest dudes, if not the toughest guy of all time. Um, I you know, could be talking out of my ass yeah, here. No, but I, I well, remember Roy said it that. on my podcast. Yeah, I was about to say, I swear I remember Yablonski saying that on the podcast. Not, I mean, that was years ago. It was like one of the first interviews I did, so I'm sure it was fucking terrible on my part. Um, but Steve McLaren, man, I mean, you look at his fight with Parker, he just gets his fucking nose broken and just keeps going, just swinging. And that just shows you how tough McLaren is. And I know Yablonski, I mean, very tough dude, built like a fucking Coke machine, but uh I, I i went with mclaren and i mean you know still slightly yablonski at all but i had to go with stone cold there john um no disrespect to the yablonski at all but i think this fight's a lot more one-sided than what people would, think, would say um look at john's just coming up with the fucking hot takes here you're trying to get me either <laughs> holy yeah, shit yeah mclaren's a killer um yeah he was yeah, I, yeah, McLaren hits hard. He's he's technical and still hits hard. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the fight ends quick. And like I say, no 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 disrespect to Lebronski. I don't think he dropped him or anything. But no, I just think uh, McLaren controls it one hundred percent. Lands some hard shots and it's done. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see this one going either way. Um... Yeah, yeah I don't want to sound like a dick, you know what I mean? But, uh, no, no, no. No, but, I would just... but yeah, no, 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 yeah, I think they tie up. And uh, Yablonski, I don't, I don't think... Uh, Yablonski's era, I don't think he... Uh, I don't think he really came across guys as as tough and as good as what Steve McLaren was. Well, that's the thing. With some of these matchups, there's no wrong answer. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's like if someone says, oh, I think McLaren would win. Okay. Well, it's not like, oh, you're, you're an idiot. Like, well, no. It's like, 
I mean, in the voting, as far as this went, Yablonski won. The voting went. Um, again, it could go either way. If I had to vote, I'd be interested who I would have voted for. Probably, yeah, probably McLaren. Um, but either way, I would have had to think about it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just, cause it's interesting cause they're kind of both similar size. They both kind of fight the same, um, chin wide. Yeah. It's like, it's a pretty even matchup actually. It actually would have been a really good fight. Um, but yeah, and this is what I would say. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not going out there and saying, yeah, McLaren would have knocked him out, anything like that. I just, I, I just think they'd have come together, and McLaren would have, uh, yeah, overwhelmed him with how, with how strong he was, and how good he was, and uh, and how hard he hit. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. Either way, well, it's funny, of course, in that all that voting ends up being Link versus Yablonski match up and it's like which link won in the voting but it's like again a Gates Yablonski fight I could see it going similar to kind of the the link Rocky fight where it's like Yabo would be busier but I think like right you know I think Gates just yeah. withstands it right yeah no I agree completely because again no disrespect to, the, uh, no disrespect to anybody I don't I don't think link was well this later on in his career I don't think Link was technically good. I think he was just tough as shit. Yeah. Walk through what was coming and then he'd figure it out after that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Link wasn't sitting down watching video before the games or anything. Yeah. Like <laughs> like no. It was just like, yeah, you could, I don't give a shit. Hit me as much as you want. I'm not going down. And it's like we're gonna... no, nobody ever called Link the Quebec League Darren Langdon. That was never his nickname did it? No. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was no, he wasn't going to cross grip and duck and no, it was, I'm going to just, let's go and I'm going to get my envelope of cash and I'm going to go buy burgers and beer after. Like that's what it was, <laughs> right? And so, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, just kind of going on as the different matchups go in the, in the third round, it's like, even in the going back, it's like Sugden versus Brett Gallant. That's actually a really interesting matchup. Yeah, I would still take Sugden, but I don't. I think it'd be a lot closer than people would make it out to be. Because um, I mean, like you, like you always say, and I've said it before. You've said it. Brekalot's probably the toughest man in hockey right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it would be a very close fight, though, for sure. But I would still probably have Sugden winning. Just, I, I would have him edging out Brekalot. John, do you remember who you voted for? Yeah, Sugden. Oh. Um, is tough as shit. Um, but no, I just, I, when we say these tournaments are based on like in the prime, that 03 or 04 year Subs and Had was crazy. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, no, uh, I just, I just think at, the, at that point, Subden, I think Subden was be. Sounds crazy now because it's not who I voted to win. But no, at that point, I think Sugden was beating anybody. Anybody in the game. Yeah, 100%. No, I agree. And uh, give me one sec, Alec. It was, uh, yeah, the thing with um, with Gallant, and I think, and it's, again, it's no respect to, or disrespect to Gallant. I love Brett Gallant. Um, but I, in the era that Gallant's playing in and everything we're basing him on, I don't think he saw Sugden. Like there wasn't, right? You know, like the competition's a little different. Um, I'm sure Brett Gallant would be the first to say that. Um, like Sugden, yeah, I, 
again, vote either way. I'm not going to say anything, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Prime Sugden, like you said, 0304, That is a tough dude to beat. But well, uh, even on like spit, even on like spit and chicklets, they still talk about Sugden like he's the fucking boogeyman. And I mean, yeah. that just shows you what kind of rep he had back in the day with Whitney and Biznet. Oh, Biznos, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, he fought him. Yeah, he fought him a few, a few times actually. Yeah, and it's so it's like yeah, he was the boogeyman in that time period. Yeah, yeah. There was an interview um, I read with something that year, and he was he well he he was saying he couldn't play hockey. He says, "But I was knocking guys out. He went, I couldn't play the game, but I was knocking guys out." Yeah. Oh, but, I think he was. Uh, yeah, he was all primed up and ready to rock and roll. That's why he's trying to make the big comeback to get to the NHL. And he because uh, he had that big suspension of the East Coast League, and teams or leagues were honoring it and all that. But yeah. Yeah, I tell you what was a great fight that year when uh, when he fought Rob Ray when Rob Ray was in in Binghamton. Yep, very good. And uh, and Razor took some shots as well. But he hung in there and he went. Well, yeah, he battled him, and that's something I I respect about Rob Ray. How many other like guys from the AHL they played that much time and then they find themselves in the AHL. How many others would have uh, stepped up and, and fought a kid that had the reputation of killing everybody? Exactly. Right. Yep. No, absolutely. All right, we're back here, folks. We're we're stopping and starting, stopping and starting. I'm, I'm where am I? I don't even know where I am. Oh, Gallant and Sugden. Well, the next the well the other battle in that bracket uh, to move on was Terrio and Jacques Mayotte. That would have been a hell of a tilt. Uh Alec, what are you figuring on that one? Who'd you vote for? Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember. Seriously, off the top of my head, I can't remember. This is one of those fights I really had to sit down and think about. Um, I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head. I I might have picked Mayotte, actually. But if Terry, like, when Terry won, it wasn't like, oh, there's no fucking way he could beat Mayotte. You know, this, this is one of those fights that could go either way. Um, you know, the pride of Quebec is for uh, the belt is on the line here for that with Mayotte and Terrio. I mean, two Quebec legends, minor pro legends at that and, and the enforcer world. So, uh, I mean, this is like Adam splitting in this fight, but it could have gone either way. I think at the time I made it, I might've taken Mayotte, but again, at the same time, with, since Terrio won, it's not like I'm upset that he won or anything like that. John, I took the animal, um, I just think um, I don't. I don't think what what from from the stuff I've seen from the mailman, he's really good. He's good, but I don't think that Terrio's style would have suited him. I think uh, I think he'd just been overwhelming with that left hand, and uh, yeah, yeah. could have gone either way. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jocks is Jocks is tough as shit. Yeah, tough as shit. Yeah. But uh, but no, I just yeah. Well, the animals prime. I would say like two thousand one to two thousand and four. He was a different beast. He was yeah. He was yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Well, bouncing across the other side, there uh, one of the matchups that was really unique, and you talk about the battle of crazy. You got Bialos versus Cote, and uh, that would have been. Uh, that would have been interesting. Uh, Alec, do you remember who you voted for? 
I think I voted for Cote at the time, but I even left a comment. Like, I'll say Cote now. If you ask me tomorrow, I could say by Lois. This is one of those fights that can go either way. Both of these guys do not give a fuck about the code. The code is non-existent with these dudes. They're going down. They're going to throw fucking hands at you even after the fight's already gone to the ice. They're going to pump up the crowd. They're going to like just be all in your face that you lost the fight. Doesn't matter. And I just... It was it was just such a hard fight to judge. It could go either way. Again, I think I took I might have fuck what I I don't even remember what I just said. I might have said I just took Cote, but now I'm thinking I could have taken by Lois. It was that close of a fight for me. This is one of the hardest matchups I've ever had to decide on in the entire time we've done not only just the minor league mayhem tournament, but just a hockey fight tournament in general. Um so I wanna say I took I took Cote. I could be wrong. <laughs> like I said, I don't even remember because it was that close. But basically, this would be a fight for the ages. It would be. Um, yeah, I, I actually found that too with this tournament. Um, for some reason, uh, it, ju- it just produced a, a lot of real hard matchups where it's just like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, all right, like, how do I do this? I mean, I, I always say I'm like Teflon. I fortunately didn't have to vote. Because uh, I was going to say, the only time I'm going to vote is if I have to decide something. But uh, I never had to. But it was like, if it came down to this one, this is tough, man. Like, it was, like, yeah. I don't know who I, I, I'd probably pick Bialois, I think. But like you said, I don't know. John, what are you saying on this? I'll take Kote. Um, I think it's two absolute wild men that... It's it's going to be an absolute slugfest, uh, but I just I don't know. I think Bialois is because Bialois is not not small, but Bialois is kind of small. He's like five eleven, is he? Yeah. Or I was going to say, or am I completely wrong there? No, he's not very tall. I don't think. No, he's like no. six feet, so, five eleven, oh, six yeah, feet. What's, yeah. What's Kote? Kote is like six four, isn't he? Yeah. And I just, I think, I think it's absolutely wild. I think Cote's eating shots and getting pissed off every time. Um, but I, I just think Cote kind of overwhelms him. It's, yeah, it's just, it's again, it's a tough one. It's a battle of two monsters. Um, and like you say, if so, I'm saying Cote won. If somebody told me that by Lois won, I've got no arguments. Yeah, it could go either way. But no, I just I I think I think I think Cote weathers that storm and frustrates him and yeah. uh and and comes back after that. I can see it. Yeah. Well, like I said, like even and like with these matchups, it's like, yeah, either way. But it's interesting as the as the tournament bracket kind of shake it didn't get any freaking easier. It was like, you know, because no. yeah, Segroy ended up with Bialoas. <laughs> And yet yeah. Gillies ended up with Engelstad, and it was like, you know, which actually happened. I believe Trevor talks about that fight was when he was one of his first American League fights was against Engelstad. Um, and, yeah, and then, well, and then you got Terrio versus Sugden, and you got Morasti versus Gates. It's like, oh, come on here. Like, uh, like we'll just start while we're while we're on Bylos, we'll continue. But, I mean, you know, you have the, the quarters finals with Segroy versus Bialois. Like, Alec, who are you picking in this? I took Segroy, but it wasn't by much, I don't believe. And, oh, man, it was it was a tough matchup. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think Segroy might have an inch or two on him in height. 
Um, so oh, yeah. I think Segroy has the reach advantage on Bialois. And Bialois, the, I mean, the, the animal, just throw it for the fences. But I think Segroy is able to kind of string him out a little bit more and land the better shots. So I, I, I took Segroy in this matchup. John? Um, I take by Lois. Um, I think I know. I know, Alec. You just said uh, you you think Scroy has an inch or two. Scroy's bigger than everybody thinks. He's like six four and six five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's big. I was just but trying to remember. I was trying to remember uh, by Lois's size off the top of my head, which I want to say he was right around like six foot six one. I think. Yeah, yeah. By Lois is kind of small, but I just I I I think by Lois. I think if they square off, by Lois digs just. Goes in, digs into his chest. Uh, Scroy kind of gets frustrated, and Bylos just starts throwing the wild, wild hands and just kind of overwhelms. Uh, no slight against Scroy because I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think Bylos throws the wild hands and they both down on the knees, and Scroy gets up and he's pissed off and he's screaming, "We're going again! We're going again!" As they go back to the box, that's how I see that going. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that's a man. What a fight that would be. Yeah. Well, well, real sorry, sorry to interrupt. Real quick, you know where you could find the story of Trevor Gillies fighting Mel Engelstad of all places? The old the old fight stories podcast on YouTube. They have the video because I was just looking it up. I was like, let me see if that fight because I, I can't remember there being any footage. But that's where Gillies talks about fighting Engelstad. Um, was on the old fight stories podcast. Well, yeah. they have a video. Uh, no video of it, but it's video of Gillies talking about it. Like it's a okay. you know, the recording of the podcast. So you could hear the story about it there from Trevor Gillies himself. Yeah. And I think Gillies gives Mel the win and, and all that, but Gillies was just kind of starting out, kind of getting his feet wet. Yeah. And, which was brought up. Uh, somebody brought that up in the voting and it was like, well, which my point was, okay, well, Gillies wasn't in his prime there. Like to me, I always said, "Well, if you're gonna, this is just how I would do it." I'm like, if you're gonna vote on these fights, you have to look at these guys in their primes. Gillies right. wasn't in his prime when he fought Engelstad. Engelstad was in his prime, but Gillies wasn't. He was just a young kid. Um, in their primes, I think the fight would be a lot closer. Like you put the you put the Gillies that's like Bridgeport Islander Gillies against Engelstad. <laughs> it's like, well, that's yeah. a completely different fight now. And it's like, I'm not saying Gillies would win. I'm not saying Mel would win. If I had to vote, it's still a pretty close fight. I could go either way. I think it would go a lot better for Gillies than his, than the actual fight that they had. Because it's like, I think you're, like I said, you're viewing Gillies at a different time in his career. But, right. John, who would you pick of Gillies and Engelstad? Um, Mel. Uh, I just think, I just think Mel's too tough. Uh... I think they're going to get going. I think, I think Mel. Well, Mel's Mel's going to come with that like kind of flurry, and I think I think Mel would overwhelm and dominate. It. But if it doesn't go that way and it kind of comes close, uh, I just think Mel will weather the storm and come back with more. All right, Alec, what are you thinking? I, I picked Anglestad. Um, I love Gillies. I love Anglestad. It's a, this was a hard one to vote on as well. Another one where I, I feel like it really could go either way, but I I just like I think Anglestad's fight style matches up better against Gillies than Gillies' fight style does versus Anglestad. So that's why I took him here. Um, I think they're both pretty similar in stature in terms of height and weight, um, but tough to say. But I, I got to go with Mel here. Yeah, it'd be 
man, what a fight, what a fight. Um, yeah, it could go either way. Mel won the, well, obviously Mel won the whole thing, so obviously Mel won the voting. But it was like, yeah, that, uh, like I said, I think with a prime Gillies, the fight would go different than their first meeting did, but or their actual meeting did, but. Yeah. Yeah, either way, I, you can't go well, wrong. When I say I think Mel will give more, I just think Mel would take it to the trenches. I think I think it'd be an absolute war, but I just think I think Mel will go to the trenches and just dig it out. Yeah, dig it. Out. Yep. Give a quick little headbutt to Gillies. Yeah, <laughs> like, Mel would have the dirty factor, I think, and it would be Mel would go all colonial league on him, I think, and it would be uh, that that might be the difference maker. Yeah. Although no. the thing with Gillies, though, Gillies, Gillies was a very honest guy until you wanted to not be honest. If you wanted to play fuck around, Gillies yeah, is all yeah. about it, too. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because Gillies would be the guy. He's like, okay, well, you, Gillies was the guy. If you want to be square, like, straight up and just, you know, okay, fight's over. Hey, it's over. You know, thanks. Good fight, dude. You want to play fuck around, though, and you want to go at it. All right. Hey, fucking Gillies will turn it on, too. Let's fucking go, dude. Yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah, he would. But I was going to say, Mel's got that Thunder Bay rules mentality a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you know, like Wild he, West out there. Yeah, he'd go a little flintlaw on him, and it would be, uh, <laughs> yeah, he could he could out dirty Gillies. We'll put it that way. But uh, it, fuck those but, those Thunder Bay teams or something else. Just thinking well, of Gillies, or excuse me, not Gillies. Just thinking of just just Anglestad and Holiday on the roster alone was ridiculous. But man, they had like Trevor Sen out there too at the same time. Well, it was just nuts, well, just Bruce, nuts. Oh, Bruce Ramsey, Bruce Ramsey, Gordon, right? Burn, yeah, Ray and like, oh yeah, the whole team was. It just was like, like that was like the Quebec League team with the fucking Colonial League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Colonial League definitely had the kind of LNH vibe before the LNH was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, tremendous. Speaking of tremendous, the next one. And I don't know, well, I know they were on Verdun together, but I don't know when Sugden went to the Chiefs that they fought with Terrio versus Sugden. Um, John, who do you got in this one? Sugden. Uh, I think I think they square off, and like I say, Terrio's got that wild style where he's just kind of bobbing and weaving, and then he comes in for the clinch, but I, just, I think Sugden kind of controls that clinch, and Picks up a couple of nice, uh, nice, accurate shots, and then uh, holds him out. Do you remember if they fought though? Did they fight in the LNH? No, I no, because Terrio would have been done by then. They did. Yeah. No, no, no. They nope. fought one time, and I remember because this was a fight. I was like, I got to see if they fought each other. I have to look this up once. And sure as shit, they fought one time. The only problem is the footage is fucking terrible. They fought. It was the 06-07 season. So Sugden was with St. Jean. And I'm trying to see if I can even see who Terrio was with. Uh, It looks like I think it was the old CRS Express at the time. Yeah, Yeah, St. George. Yeah, you're right. And so they fought once. And it goes to the boards. There's one. uh, I I shouldn't say they fought once. That I know of. That's filmed. I, I didn't go back and check fight cards. I just searched YouTube to see if they fought. And it's one fight. That it goes down to like the like the bottom right corner of the fucking rink, and you can barely see what's going on because it's right against the glass and the angle of the camera is just terrible. So I don't really know who won the fight. I want to say I took Sugden when the voting was uh, taking place, but again, if Terrio won, it's not like it's a huge upset or anything to me. But I personally just took Sugden, Sugden just because I, I I don't know if Sugden ever really lost a fight when he was in the LNH to be honest. Even versus like a prime Gates, like in the QSPHL, I can't picture I can't picture Terrio getting those fast lefts going. Yeah, so right, that's, exactly. Yeah, that's... 
I expect him to control him a lot more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think you tie him up. It's interesting. I didn't. I didn't know they fought. I'd have to. Uh, huh. I have to look into that. Here, I'll, send, I, I, I'll send you the. I'll send you the link to it real quick. It's how, how it's long like they might as well have not. They might as well not have fought. Ah, uh, thirty. So let me see here. I think by the time the camera's on, they're already tied up and kind of going at it. So how I don't know if there was a big square off. I don't know how much of the fight happened before the camera got rolling. Um, but the whole fight itself is. Uh, the, the total time for the video is 35 seconds, but it even cuts short. Like the linesmen don't even step in when the camera cuts off. So I, I, it's hard to say. I have no clue how long the actual fight was. Mm-hmm. We just get 36 seconds and that's it. <laughs> we need to find those old LNH uh, film, uh, film people from the crowd to get the, yeah, uh, exactly. To get the alternate angle. Yeah. Oh, the the days of the 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 dimly lit Quebec League footage—you gotta love it. Oh yeah, filmed from the crowd, absolutely. Well, Strain horn going off. Yeah, the final court. Well, this is another interesting one. You got Morasti versus Gates, and it's like, man, John, what do you figure, Morasti and Gates? Uh, I think Gates is just too big, and just um, I think this fight go a lot shorter than people think. Because I, I don't think Gates would let Morassi get in tight and start throwing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I I think it goes and yeah Mar- uh, yeah Link just locks him out and um, I don't know I don't know uh, we were saying earlier like Gates um, kind of figures it out as he goes along uh, it could go over where. Uh, like, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit about anybody, but I don't think I don't think Morassi would hurt him. Even if Morassi gets free reign and just get gets a hang going, I don't think it'd hurt him. No, neither um, do I. I think I, I think Link could just eventually get it under control and um uh and land those shots to take the win. Alec, what are you thinking? Yeah, I agree, and I love John Morassi. I've made that abundantly clear before on the podcast, and, and a lot of the times, if you see me post fight, po- or excuse me, fight photos, a lot of the times it's John Morassi. He's probably my second favorite fighter of all time. But um, I got to give this one to Gates. I, I looked it up. I was trying to. I was really hoping that they actually fought at least once. It would have had to have been really early in John's career, and it would have had to have been like when Gates was with um, uh, Tetford. But I don't think they ever fought because, of no. course, <laughs> that was when uh, <laughs> Gates was at the hot dog stand while Tetford was getting the fuck beat out of him by Sorrell with Mayrand and Renard just running amok out there. Um, hey, hey, looking at it, looking at it, Link is a really bad matchup for for John. Yeah, really I think so matchup. too. It's not because Link isn't like you, like we said. Aside from the Probert fight, where he's really just fucking going toe to toe. Is he's more so he'll string you out and he'll kind of control the fight and I just don't think Morassi's style matches up well with Gates and I think Gates gets him here. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think who is it for Dunn that Gates is with in the preseason. I don't know. Don't piss in the owner's sink. Yeah, it would. I, I, I'm like ninety percent sure it was for Dunn because he actually never played a regular season game for. Verdun, that one, that think. one game he played for Verdun, he he fucking broke the uh, opposition opposition team's trainer's arm. 
<laughs> that's why he got released. Wow, no, that's not why. <laughs> there was an oh, off. Not, okay, that's there was an off ice incident. To, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, just add him to the mystique of Link Gates. I believe yeah, he's, he was. At, I believe the owner was hosting a team party, and Link pissed in the sink, and his wife caught him. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you hate to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want. Okay, I, I take that back. I don't want to say that was in Verdun. That's the one. Well, I don't want to say you might. Yeah, I don't want to say it was in Verdun that that happened. Uh, I believe, but it it yeah it happened. I don't know what team. If it anything, was with. it might it might have been Sorel then. Yeah, it might have been actually. But uh, yeah, see that, that that's what I always heard. I always heard Link only played one game in Verdun because something happened, and he, uh, in the commotion, he broke the other team's trainer's arm. That's all. That's why I always heard about that that situation. I was gonna say, is that there's something about Link with trainers? Like it was like he was in the RHI and he threw his fucking thing, he or he knocked out the trainer, and then he was in Cape Breton and he threw a skate at the trainer. Like what did the trainers? <laughs> They got a lot of heat with Link, apparently. Was it was it for, was it the Verdun game? Was that when he's in like street clothes and he's brawling too? No, it's in Sorrel. That was, was that in Sorrel? Okay. That was Sorrel against Verdun. That's right. That's what that's what it was. Yep. That's what it was. Okay. I, was say, I felt like Verdun was involved somehow, but that's what it was. Yeah, he was with Sorrel at the time, and it was versus Verdun. Oh <laughs> yeah, Link game. He was in, like the was he in like the leather jacket at the time too on the bench or whatever. Yep. Yeah, fucking tremendous. tremendous. Gotta love Link Gates. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, Boy, if, if that doesn't suit the name of my fucking bird dog, I don't know what does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're in the we're in the semifinals, and uh, one of them, well, it happened, obviously, Marasti and Terrio. Um, prime matchup between these two. Between, both in the primes, and they square off. John, who's winning this, Terrio or Marasti? Uh, the animal. I just think he's too big. I think he's too big. Um, I think it'd be hard to call because as as the fight went, they they get, they're going to go toe to toe. There's not going to be much in it, but I just I just think I think Terrio's too big. Well, it was funny because obviously when this fight came up, everybody's like, oh, go look. They've really fought. Go look on YouTube. They did, and they were great fights. And everything. I know Alec, That's I think it's one of his favorite fights of all time. But it was like, it's like, yeah, that ain't, they're not, and now both guys are tough as shit, even at that point. But they're not prime. Those aren't their primes when they met. And uh, Alec, what are you thinking here? I had to go Terrio as much as it hurts me to go against John Morasti because, like I said, he's one of my favorites. And that, like you mentioned, it's the fight where it's it's where they're both at the end of their careers. And actually, I think that was the better fight that they had was at that time um, in their careers as opposed to when – because I want to say it was when Terrio was with St. George again with the old Express. They fought in their primes in the L and age. Well, I, I don't know if I consider that a prime Morasti perhaps, because I, I think more so AHL John Morasti's probably his prime, yeah. but you got a, a piss and vinegar filled John Morasti, which I mean, he's always game anyway, but um, I, I, I think that fight was, it was all right, but I think the ones towards the end of their career is actually a better one to judge on as 
weird as that may sound, I know it's not their prime like we typically see, but I think it was a better showing for each fighter. And it's the one, because they had two when um, Terrio was with Tetford. It was the the isothermic or whatever the team is that was there. Um, and it was the one where Terrio has, because uh, he, he had his hair shaved for one of them, and he had his, actually had hair for the, the second one or one, whichever one came first. But the one where Terrio has his hair still, that is one of my all-time favorite hockey fights. Both the guys are at the end of their career. Uh, and they're just going toe-to-toe, giving it hell. I still think even in that fight, and I mean, it's like this is the most peak LNH shit you'll ever see. You got Terrio like pointing up at the crowd and shit mid-fight. John Morassi doing the same thing. It's toe-to-toe. It's an absolute war. But I think Terrio outlands Morassi and just kind of controls the fight a little bit better. And that's no slight to either of them because, like I said, John Morassi is one of my favorite guys of all time. But I have to give the edge to Terrio. There we go. And then the other final, well, that's another great one too, or semifinal, was Segura versus Engelstad. John, what are you thinking? An absolute war. That's what I'm thinking here. Yeah. Um, again, I just think, I just think Engelstad takes it to the trenches. Um, if you went, if you went best out of ten. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Scroy's taking four of those. Uh, just yeah, just crazy hard to pick. Crazy hard to pick. Um, it, it seemed like in this tournament, it was just it was there was just matchup after matchup that was like, God damn, like it's just like, yeah, it was just tough. It was like because when you thought about it, and like when you yeah. like take your favoritism out of it and just you sat and like legitimately thought, okay, both guys in the prime. Let's picture it in my mind what's going to happen. There was some tough shit, man. Like, it was like, this could go really legitimately go either way. I know that's always sort of, some people, oh, that's a cop-out answer, man. Well, it's true, though. Both these, There's a, a bunch of these fights that either or, it's like, you can't go wrong. You really can't. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is another one of those ones where it's like it could just go either way. I I picked uh, Anglestad in this one. I'm like 90% sure. Uh, I just think the way he switches hands in his fights, I think he's able to kind of counter Segroy a bit more, and I think his style matches up better against Segroy. Uh, but again, if Segroy would have moved on, I, I wouldn't have been upset at this one either. It's, oh. it's hard for some fight fans to take out their favoritism, and even oh. even me sometimes. Like I said, like as much as I love John Morassi, I still had to pick John Terry or John Terrio, Joe Terrio there. <laughs> Um, but I, I still have to go with Anglestad over Segroy. I mean, it was Mel's my all-time favorite, but I think Scroy's a bad matchup for Mel. To be honest, I think um, I think he'd get, uh, it, it's just the, the overwhelming how busy Scroy would be, and Scroy's good. Scroy's yep. good, but but like I say, out of ten, uh, if you go out of ten, I think. I think Mel takes six out of those ten, just by going to the trenches and just um, just taking to that war. It would be if, if that out of those fights, the only winner would be the general public watching that fight. They're, they're, <laughs> the, only, they're the only winners coming out of that one. Yeah. Well, that's I had it. I had it like the same way with like probably like six or seven of them go to Mel. But it's no slight to Segroy at all either. Yeah. Well, even just looking at the final four, it's Segroy versus Engel- Segroy, Engelstad, Terrio, and Morasti. 
It's like, well, who are <laughs> yeah. you picking out of those four? Any any one that you pick, I don't think anyone can shit on any of them. It's just like, right? Yeah, I mean, so you have your final. You have Terio versus Engelstad. I know we already talked about it at the top of the show, and I mean, Mel won in the voting, but it's like if somebody said well, I took Terio, it's like, all right. Yeah, it's not like oh, that's a ridiculous, you know, like oh no, you're nuts. Like no, that's legitimate. I could see it, and it's like even their their path through it. It's like I could see both of them not getting there, and like with the way the voting goes, like I could see Gillies beating Engelstad and they voting, or you know, or Sugden beating Terrio, you know, Gates beating yeah, Rasty. I mean, actually, with the way talking with you guys, the final would have been completely different. Yeah, <laughs> you know, That's and it's fucking way, fucking way she goes. Yeah, well, it would have been probably well the way everyone has thought it probably would have been Gates versus Murat or Engelstad, and then it's like, well, how does that go? And it's like, well, Mel dropped him the one time in Madison when they fought. Well, yeah, but that ain't prime Gates. Like that's car accident Gates. Like, is Mel dropping Probert Gates? No. Right, I don't think so. And this, and this is it. If 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 you're out of the wheelhouse of uh, just in the primes, what I said then, just go out of what what I attend. Would Mel have dropped Link? How many times would Mel have dropped Link out of ten? Not many. Not, not many. None if it well, and that's prime. and that's the thing too. Like you could compare, and you could even compare their probert fights. Like look at that. And you look at how Gates stood in there, and no, no, this is no slight to Mel because Mel did great against Probert as well. But the Probert we're seeing versus Mel is a different kind of Probert than Gates fought, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, how do you judge that too? There's so many different factors that play yeah. into this. Exactly. Yeah, it's like an in shape prime pre car crash Gates is like, yeah. Pro in my mind, he's winning this, but it's like you know, at the same time, it's like. And it was an interesting, um, I can't remember who Mike, I think, brought it up when he was saying, and he was talking about Link Gates, and they were talking about whoever the matchup was with Gates, he was like, well, at that point, I saw Link fight, but he was kind of a sideshow at that point, whatever. So I said, well, if you're, if you're voting on these, are you not voting when they're in their primes? And like, a Gate, like, to me, a prime Gates is like when he fought Probert. Like, you know, I'm like, right. so he's far from a sideshow, you know. And he's like, yeah, but you called this minor league mayhem. So I'm looking at Gates when he's in the minors. I'm well, like, well, I never, and I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, wow, you, okay, you're on to something. I mean, <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right. And I'm like, but of course, the majority of what people see is the post-car accident Gates. Where he's just like, he had to learn to walk again and shit. The fact that he even played and played that long and fought that many times and was just, is unbelievable. So I said, well, in that case, I guess you have to look at... Because Gates did play in Kalamazoo before the car crash. He played yeah. in the IHL when he was in his early 20s. So I'm like, I guess that's the Gates you're going with. Like, in my mind, if you're going to pick prime minor league Gates, well, clearly it's got to be before the car accident. But that's early 20s. So it's like, okay, is that Gates beating Engelstad? Eh, maybe. I get... Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's tough. But... uh but when Mike put it that way, I was like, okay, you might be onto something here when you said that. I never thought of it in that sense. <laughs> I was, like, when I thought of Link Gates in his prime, I'm thinking about the guy that fought Probert in San Jose. You know, but it's right. like, yeah, but you said minor league Gates. I'm like, okay, well, you got me on that one. Mike, you got me on a technicality. But it's like, uh, because <laughs> I don't. He, he, he has a point, but he at does. the same time, 
it's a brave man to call Lin Gates a sideshow. Lin Gates was a fucking legit killer till till he hung him up. He was. He was, and even and I agree with you. And even like you could make fun of the fat cheeseburger eating Gates between periods. It didn't matter. And I've, yeah, uh, fucking fa- fat cheeseburger eating Gates dropped a fucking prime pack cote. Yes, I mean that did. just tells you all you need to know. <laughs> he did, and that's the thing. And like I said, well, fatty Gates there. Eight shots from Sugden and Cote and everyone else and didn't and Serge Robert and did not budge and kept coming and uh, the only guy that actually caught him uh, was a prison guard uh, John you know this uh, I, I want to say his last name was like almost like Favaro or something Andre, oh yeah Favaro yeah he caught Gates well, he didn't really he caught him and I don't know if Gates got his blade stuck or I don't want to. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but he dropped Gates. I mean, Gates got up right away. It wasn't like they had to help him off, but he got up right away. But as as Stu Gribson says, that was the best of times and the worst of times. Because, <laughs> because now, young man, you have a story to tell your grandkids that you dropped Link Gates. The problem is, is you're going to have to play Link Gates again. And, right. And when he did, it was bad. And Link killed him. And... He put because Link was normally at the Quebec League for as crazy as Link was and everything else. When he fought, he was pretty straight up, dude. He'd square off. He wouldn't jump you. Have a normal fight. When the refs came in, it was over. He wasn't a sucker guy or anything like that. But he made it a point when he was fighting this kid again. And John, you would remember I, he I yeah, think he, I was he broke the kid's face. In round one, in round one, finally skated off the ice and made a big scene about. Yeah, him. he did. And I, yeah, and I think in the second fight, I want to say Link broke his face. I think he busted the kid up pretty bad. Mm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. It's all on video. Like, we're not saying shit that's, like, it's not unfounded. I mean, you can go on YouTube and see it. And the kid put on a big show after he beat Gates. Hey, rightfully so, that's a big feather in the cap, and that's a huge fucking win. You know, and again, nothing against the kid, but I mean, he's a minor, you know, he's a Quebec League local, you know, whatever, right? So to beat Link Gates and to put him down like that, holy shit, look at me. Well, yeah, but the next weekend, oh (laughs) shit. And Link, I think, was that was the one time, I think, in the Quebec League, he was legit pissed. And uh, I have a picture of it, and you can see he's got the jersey over the kid's head, and he's bringing a right-hand uppercut. Like, he's bringing that shit from, you know... From BC, and he hits that kid. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> bad. Because I would say, I would say round one, uh, round one, where everybody says Fardalou dropped him. I think Link Moore slipped. Yes, he so did. Got, I think he stopped. We got a skate caught. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and you can see him. Like he just gets kind of off balance. And yeah, the guy punched him. Like it was no big and... old TKO. I caught him and dropped. Nah, you, well, I mean you did, but it was kind of like. I don't. You didn't drop him because you hit him real hard. I think you dropped him yeah. because he kind of tripped over himself. But he put on the big. Sh- and it, but it just didn't look good. And it was like, you know, Link was looking for revenge, and the rematch was did not go well. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. The hey. rematch and the jersey's over his head. Link's just raining left down. Yeah. It's not even close. And you can tell he's even... and you can tell he's pissed. Like yeah. he doesn't usually fight like that. Or at that point in the Quebec League, he didn't usually fight like that. But he was mad about that. Yeah. I, I was having a joke with my friend, uh, my best friend of the week. Uh, I showed him the picture. 
you must have seen it. Mel Mel put, posted a picture of him and Link at the fire station. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I said to my friend, I went, if you're in the bar on a Friday night, you wouldn't think twice about talking back to them, would you? And he went, no, 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 oh. I just said to him, I went, those two would cause you a world of fucking problems. <laughs> oh, you would, you would think you got, you think you would have got eaten by a pack of wolves and shit off a cliff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How unlucky, how unlucky would you be? <laughs> oh, I've, I, I know from people that know him, and I've heard some stories about people fucking talking when they should have been listening to angle status yeah. bars here. And it did not end well. Um, Idlewild on the, on, yeah, on the, yeah. In the middle of Idlewild on the, the walkway there, it did not end well for, for a group of, uh, yappers. But, uh, yeah. yeah and I, oh, and imagine Link Gates. Yeah. Yeah. I want to fight that in a bar. Sure. But, yeah. Fuck that. Melon Link Gates. Oh. Well, I was going to yeah, you don't want to, yeah. I was gonna, yeah. Well, I was gonna say with Link Gates. I mean, I know a friend of the show, Kent Staniforth, tough dude in his own right. Um, Link was in Fountain Tire. Was it last year? I think it was last year, and they they got a picture together. Goddamn, Link looks good, man. He uh, lost some weight. He was looking good. He's working up in Fort McMurray on the rigs, and uh, he lost some weight. And uh, for a dude that's lived the life of Link Gates, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> He, See, it, uh, I, I, I will say as well, and it get and, and this does it. This does go with the reputation, because I, I you I, met I him. That's right. Yeah, I read somewhere, and they, they said uh, for the media, Link was an impossible interview, but for a kid wanting an autograph, he had all the time in the world. When I met Link, he was the nicest guy I've ever met. He was. Yeah. That's all I've heard from everybody. Sober Link is a great Link. It's a problem as soon as he starts drinking. It's idiot show. When the uh, as in the in the words of Leahy, when the liquor starts doing the thinking, Randers. Yeah, so I, Kote, I, when I when I when I met Cote, Cote was a nice guy as well. He was he was a he had a nice pack on his hand, but yeah, he was the nicest guy. Ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, what a show, man. What a show. But yeah, the old minor league mayhem tournament was a success. Uh, for everybody listening to this show and that took part in the voting and the comments, I thank you. Um, yeah, it was fun and it was interesting to be on Facebook. It was the first time I'd done a Facebook tournament. That went, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I think I, I completely find the minor league mayhem tournaments way harder than the Bob Probert tournament, the, the NHL tournament. Yeah. Um, Easily. Yeah. And well, I, told... I was, I was, I, I said this to Alec. It's like you, you do the, uh, you do the Bob Pro, uh, Bob Pro tournament, and you do the Power Forward tournament. But my favorite is always the minor league tournament. Always, and that's, yeah, and that's, always. That's, that's 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 probably because a lot of the names that pop up, I've seen them play. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, I have a soft spot for that. Oh and, uh, yeah, the the minor league tournament is always my favorite. Oh, always. the minor league tournament's my favorite too, and it's also the hardest to do. For the ex-players that are listening, believe me, to come up with 64 guys um, is very hard. I mean, you're going to have your core couple. Yeah, you know, there's always going to be Mel and Morasti and those guys. But 
to, to I I tried to I went through the well, the Matt, list. Matt, Matt was not going to be in. Matt was not going to be in next year because he finally fucking won it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mel's sitting this next one out. But to I can't to, wait till next year so I can ask you where the fuck Mel Engelstad is. Oh, I'm gonna hear about it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Mel will tell me about it. But uh, yeah. the but the thirty thirty five guys that I like to kind of rotate through. I, and I and it's true, and I've said this a bunch of times. I mean, it could be a two, three hundred man bracket, and you're going to miss guys, especially minor league guys, because there's just mm-hmm. so many. Because yeah, just, hundreds. Oh, hundreds. completely. And I mean, and that's when people and they start throwing out like the old day guys, like oh, you know, where's Connie Madigan and all these guys? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> you could. <laughs> but it's like there's just get, so many. Get, get me on your show. Who the fuck is Connie Madigan? What? <laughs> well, yeah, the UK guy, yeah. Yeah. Mad Dog Madigan. But, I mean, yeah, you could go on and on. and Oh, yeah, I always get the messages. Oh, yeah, where's Jim Smith from Des Moines? He killed people in 59. Well, okay, well, <laughs> I'll take your word for it, I guess. You know. just, he was pump, pumping a guy with the right hand with the fucking corn stalk in his left hand out there in Des Moines. Yeah, you should have seen it. I wish there was footage out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, but, I mean, you could go on and on, right? And, I mean... There's a million guys that could be in this, and uh, but it's always fun. And for some reason, not that the other tournaments were easy, but just kind of going through, it's the way it shook out this year. The matchups were just man. There was some. It was tough. Yeah, it was, it, tough. It was tough. Yeah, but I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. We've actually had a really fun talk all afternoon. And of course, Jay out in Iowa there. He's he's checking on the the damage of the Pinto. So I mean, he he left, but. <laughs> All the girlies say he's pretty fly for a white guy. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, 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 rocking the Iowa down Iowa, back in the backwoods of Iowa is Mercury <laughs> Tracer. Yeah, eating his Taco Bell. Yeah, it's, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then John from the UK was a surprise guest, and uh, yeah. I kind of sprung this on John. He didn't know he was going to be on the show until. He texted Alec about a jersey, and then next thing I know, I'm like, "Yeah, we'll get him on the show." So yeah, he just goes, he goes, "Hey, well, you think Sears will come on?" I was like, "Fuck, I'll tell him to call us right now." Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like I'm always happy to talk fights. It's fine. I'm always happy to talk fights. Well, it was tremendous to have you guys on, but uh, I'm not going to keep you long any longer. So uh, <laughs> I will let you guys go. But thank you very much for coming on to wrap up the minor league mayhem sixth tournament and uh yeah thanks for tuning in i appreciate in, it, it, I, appreciate it Aaron. I just want to say real quick before before we get go or before we uh you know sign off here i just want to say thank you for putting this tournament on you don't have to do it i guess gates came into the fucking room coming in hot to come say thank you too um but you know I guess doing my own tournament for the first time this year <laughs> with the East Coast League, uh, you really understand the trials and tribulations of it. So I thank you for putting this on oh, well, for six you. years in a row. Bye. I was going to say, you're you're finding out firsthand what this is all about. And these are current guys. Like, it's hard to fucking argue, but yet here we are. There's arguing. <laughs> Constant. Constant. Never ends. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to say, most of the time when I do these tournaments, it was fellow fight fans busting my balls, which I got. But this year... Jesus, I was getting ex-players. I got heat with ex-players now. I was like, all right. Yeah. Well, I've, I've never had that before. In six years, I never had a player complain. This year, I had a bunch of them. So, yeah, here we go. But, uh, no, it's always it's always fun. And for the ex, like I always say, for the ex-players that are out there listening, it was never personal. None of this is personal. Respect everything you guys do. 
It's just at the end of the day, it, ah, it's just a popularity contest, really. Don't don't worry about it. Don't stay up at night dwelling on it. It's not that important. <laughs> exactly. All right, folks. Thank you very much. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 